Well, good morning, once again. Uh, Chris is off with his family this week, and uh, they dealt with Kathy's father's death on the funeral, which I heard Joe said was pretty good for the most part and encouraging. So he's with family. So you guys get the hopefully opportunity to listen to me, uh, share a little bit what God's been laying on my heart and what he's done with us. But before we get to that, uh, let's just um, do some prayer requests. Uh, anybody have any prayer requests or updates on things we're praying for? Um, if you go online to our website, we have our prayer wall there. You can go on and look at things and concerns that come up. And I went on there a couple of times and then just click on that you prayed for it. Um, it just kind of tells the people that may look or have prayer requests on there who's praying and who's been praying for the things. It could be an encouraging thing to people that see that we're praying for their needs. Um, so go on to our prayer wall there and you can do it. Uh, we also have prayer requests in the bulletin here that gets sent out. And Mimi does a good job of keeping us up to date. But does anybody here have any updates on prayer requests or prayer concerns or new ones? You say Lee? Other prayer requests or prayer updates? An update from Hank. I don't other people have information. That, um, on the I got it. I tried to put some of it on the okay. prayer wall, but it's a long one. But I, I think it's a give a brief thing to see. Um, I'm just going to read it. <laughs> no, that's it. Um, let's see. Praise to the Lord Almighty God. A local doctor, this is about Faith Hank and Elsie's granddaughter. A local doctor has agreed to remove stem cells from Faith this Tuesday. She needed to have labs done by Monday in order to proceed Tuesday. Not only was Cammy able to get a nurse to come to the appointment to do the labs, but Dr. Boser was available to send an order for the labs to be done. And much more. Join us in praise to God that Dr. Harrington will be willing to carry out the stem cell procedure Tuesday, recognizing and accommodating state special needs. Pray that all that's necessary for Tuesday will arrive in time Monday. So this was, I guess, he well, said this on the 12th, so this would be the 20th. Continue to ask the Lord for cut number two. Okay, that, that's basically it. So Monday and Tuesday, stem cell okay. harvesting. And request number two is on our, our wall. Um, so. All right, so those, so they'll just keep praying for Hank and their family as they deal with all that and face. All right, any other updates? Mary Musselman still has no answers on her uh, why she's been running a fever for almost three months. Okay. Sometimes it goes spikes and they can all right, so continue to pray for Mary. I just ask for a prayer for my mom. Uh, and in June here is the one year of my dad's passing, and it's been a very, very good month for her. 
Gutierrez, Mom, Melanie. I encourage us to continue praying for um, the folks who are in the nursing home and the residents um, in town. Uh, a lot of them don't feel well with being isolated. Some of them do, you know, I suppose, but uh, the isolation has gone on a really long time and they're not being allowed to be with each other most of the time. Um, I was speaking with Karen yesterday or the day before and it's just you could hear the weight of it. Her uh, phone is not being working. She has no television and um, her iPad is not working. And so she literally is isolated and she's on restriction because she had gotten that she can't be her two weeks. So be praying for them the discouragement. It's okay. heavy. Um, I've got a boy that uh, lived at our place was a good friend of Jade's and uh, uh, he's got bladder cancer and it's uh, it sounds like we won't have surgery until sometime it's all in Rochester so uh, I'm not going to give a name now but that's fine for my son and for my oldest son to work in surgery. All right. Anybody else? Tim, could you repeat these for the sake of people online? Because they're going to hear. Yep. I'll pray for them as we go. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just uh, come before you now and I just want to lift up your name. And we want to bring you praise here today. And Lord, I just thank you for all you do for us, Lord, for loving us, for caring for us, for giving us your joy and your peace and your patience as we deal with uh, the things around this world and in our country and in our nation and our own homes. Lord, I pray that you will just be present. God, help us to seek you out each day, to follow your leading, to listen to your direction, Lord, and to be a light to those around us. Lord, we have many prayer requests that have come forth. Um, Lord, we just pray for Jay, and I just pray for his surgery coming up. Um, just uh, he will be with them, help them through that, and be the doctors there. We pray for Faith, Hank's granddaughter. We just pray that you will be with her as she's having some stem cell surgery this week. We just pray that everything goes well with that. Lord, that you will just lift up the doctors, give them wisdom. We just pray that you will just find a cure there for her. In this process, Lord, that you will just continue to work in their lives. Lord, we pray for those in the nursing home. Lord, we just pray that you will just be with them. God, that you will just lift them up, that you will bring people alongside them as they this long period of isolation has been very hard. Lord, that we know you can be present. Lord, we just pray that you will bring your comfort upon them, that you will just lift them up to you. God, and that, um, you will just be there, God. Help us to encourage them and people that we know to give a call or to do something that, to just lift up those people in our nursing homes. And we just pray for uh, Tara's mom, Melanie. I just pray that you will be with her as it's the one-year anniversary of Scott's death. I just pray that you will be with her and comfort her. And just let your presence be known to her. And, Lord, we lift up all the other uh, Mary Musselman as well. 
Lauren, she just continues to run this fever and they don't understand why. I just pray that you will just be with her, lift her up, God, um, and be with the doctors as they try to figure this out. And Lord, just all the other prayer requests, I just pray that you will lift them up. Um, and you will pray for them each day. God, pray for those in the body of Christ and just to help us to encourage one another and build each other up as we go forward. Lord, we thank you and praise you for what you do. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today, uh, if you guys want to open up your Bibles, uh, we're going to be, you're going to be going through your Bibles. Um, we're going to have lots of different scripture verses. Um, I call my sermon Identity in Christ. Um, I was planning on going to India at the end of May. Um, to go see my brother and to spend a week or two with him and to do some ministering opportunities that he had up there to share with the people. And I talked to him back in February and I was like, what do you want me to talk about? What, would, what do you want me to share with these with these people when we go meet with them on the weekends? Because if I'm going to go to India, I might as well do something to present Christ and to, to be a missionary there. And so he said, well, how about you do something on identi identity in Christ, who we are in Christ? What, what do we what do we become when we become a Christian? What changes? So I was like, okay. So I, I've kind of been looking at that for for a little bit of months, and then more recently this week, a little more in depth. Since my plans changed immediately in March, we decided probably not going to go to India because of everything. So, but I just I decided to keep looking into that. Our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, who are you made to be? Who are we? So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about a little bit today, um, and we're going to be looking at some scripture verses. But a couple other things that I'm just going to share since I haven't seen or talked to you guys for many months, it seems like, some of you, not all of you. But we have a new baby boy, a girl, new baby girl, Isabel. <laughs> new baby girl, Isabel, um, that was born March 28th, and just a precious gift. Um, and kind of a miracle in its own sense. And some of you guys have heard the story, and some of you haven't. Um, my, Tara, my wife, Tara, was at home taking a nap, and she woke up, and she was bleeding. And she had, what was it called? I was forget the name. An abruption. She had an abruption. Okay, so the, anyways, it was an important thing, and we got her to the hospital. So we got to the hospital, and we got there as fast as we could. She got there, and they looked her over, and then immediately pretty much put her into having a C-section. And they got the baby out safely. And so far, we can tell there's nothing bad that happened with the baby, which is a miracle because they said the baby was just kind of laying in her stomach. It wasn't getting oxygen or whatever else. Apparently, it was because of God, we believe, and different things like that. So our little baby, Isabel, is kind of a little miracle. So anytime there's a miracle from God, we need to share that and share it with others. So we just thank God for that, our little precious new little gift. That's over two months now. So growing fast. I'm almost doubled, easily doubled in weight already. So that's cool. And God has blessed us with that. A new little person in our family, Elizabeth. All right. So the other thing that God laid on my heart this week as I was preparing and was the Ten Commandments. And I think it's important to always review in life and scripture. So if you guys want to open up to Exodus 20 be the first place I'm going to take you. And we're just going to 
read through the Ten Commandments this morning as kind of part of part of what I think is important to remember as we look at our society and we look at what's going on around us. It's important to remember the commands that God gave us and just looking at just reading the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to teach anything on them. I just God has laid on my heart that I just read the Ten Commandments this morning. So that's what I'm going to do. So Exodus 20, starting at verse one, says that God spoke all these words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall not, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an image in any, in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation and to those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations for those who love me and keep my commands. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, for the Lord God will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day for keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or your daughters, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor your foreigners residing in your town. For the sixth day the Lord made the heavens, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that is in them. But in the rest, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false, give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servants, his ox or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And that's the Ten Commandments. I think it's always good to review and remember what God has taught us and how to live and how to be. So today my opening question to you, and I'm going to have a hard time just standing here because I don't want to walk around already. But today, today my opening question is to you is who are you? Who are you? If I asked you who you were, what would you say to me? What would be your answers? I watched the movie uh, Overcomer. How many of you guys have seen the movie Overcomer? Okay. It's a new Christian movie that came out not too long ago um, about a girl that runs cross country and a coach in a school. And the coach uh, ends up going in the hospital and he happens to fall into a room, I guess you would say, with a guy that can't see. And the guy asks him who he is. Who are you? And the guy starts off as well. I'm a basketball coach. Um, I guess I'm a cross-country coach. He says, I think he says he's a father. Um, he's a teacher. And he goes through a couple things, and he says those things. And the guy just says, okay, okay, that's good, that's good. And he, and he kind of just explains who he is. So, I, so I'm asking you, when you, when you ask yourself, who are you? You know, and as I thought about that, I thought about different different things. You know, I, th I thought about myself. I am I'm a son. I have a dad. 
So I'm a son. I'm son to Curtis Hoyt. I'm a Hoyt, which to some people, their last name identifies who you are, right? You, you go into a town and you can say your last name. Oh, you're part of the whatever clan, you know? And with that, with your, with your last name, I think I watch a lot of old movies. Not old movies. I watch movies from medieval times. I love, I love knights. I love that era um, of things. And your last, and your last name identified who you are. You know, you're the son of a prince, or you're the son of this knight, or you're you're the son of this family, and that held power to it. It held whatever it is that you were. That's who you were. You maybe be a carpenter's son, or you may be a fisherman's son, or you. You may be part the blacksmith or whatever it is that you you were identified by your name and who you were. So people are identified with that, um, with their names. Who else are you? You we consider ourselves like he said he was a coach. When I think of myself, I like to think of myself sometimes as a coach. I'm a coach that that carries sometimes pride with it. Sometimes who you are, or I'm a teacher. Or a, I teach at a college. I'm a college teacher. You know, that's powerful. People look at you a little differently if you say you're college, right? They look at you a little differently at college. Or I'm a kindergarten teacher. Whoa, okay. Well, bless you. <laughs> Good luck with the kindergartens, you know, all those kids. There's, a, there's, there's something there. You, you're identified with who you are and what you do. Um, I'm a farmer. I live on a ranch. I'm a rancher. Well, what's the difference between a farmer and a rancher? Well, you have to ask them. Figure it out. You say who you are is you're putting on an identity with, with something. And so that's part of our identity and who we are. Who else are you? Well, I asked myself that. And I think I said, well, I'm a, I'm a father. I have three kids now, so I can say that. You know, I'm a husband. I have a wife. You know, I'm a grandson. I'm not a grandpa yet. Hopefully not for a while. Uh, so there's, there's lots of different things as we as we identify who we are and who we can be. And in the movie, Overcomer, he breaks it down. He keeps taking things away. And then finally he comes to, well, I'm a Christian. Okay, good. Well, what does that mean? What, what does a Christian mean? We, we hear that a lot. And what it means, it means to be in Christ. I'm a Christian. So he had to explain it. And he got down and he finally, the guy was like, well, why, why didn't you start with that? Why didn't you start with you're a Christian, a follower of Christ? I mean, that should be that should be my identity is I'm a believer and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. When I think of the old movies and I think of the, the people and their last name that were princes and princes, you know, they say I was proud of this thing. Well, we're a follower and we're a follower of Jesus Christ. Our kingdom is not of this world. Our kingdom is not here. I'm an American, yes. It's part of who I am because I'm in America. I'm claiming to be a South Dakotan that lives in Minnesota. So I claim South Dakota. But like that's just this. But really what I am is I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm a, I'm a believer in God, and that's my kingdom. And so today is what we're going to look at a little bit in scripture. If you guys open up to Ephesians chapter 2. You go there.
In the verse that I have there in Ephesians 2.19, the one we're going to kind of talk about, or the one that I guess I had in the bulletin was, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So that's Ephesians 2.19. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through Ephesians 2. Um, has quite a bit of different things in it. So I'm just going to point out a, a couple different verses from Ephesians 2 that says who our identity is and who we are in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? Who are you in Christ? Why come to Christ? What is so important about what, what makes you a believer in Jesus Christ? What are the benefits of being a Christian? Because like when I think of when I think of the movies and I think of the prince, being a prince gives you an identity, but it also gives you land. It also gives you a castle for some. It gives you wealth. It gives you power. It means you're an authority in some senses. So who are we in Christ? Who are what makes you what makes you a Christian? What sets you apart? What do we have in Christ that we don't that other people don't have? So in Ephesians 2, uh, we'll go to Verse 6 right away, we'll say. So Ephesians 2, verse 6. It says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in his heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. So Ephesians 6 says, We've been raised up and set with Christ in glory. So because you're a Christian, now you sit with Christ. You're part of his kingdom. You're part of who he is and what he's establishing. All right, now Ephesians 2.10, another part that says what we have in Christ. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. So Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's handiwork. We are his workmanship. Now I work with a lot of teens, and a lot, well, I work with teens, and, and a big thing in our society is identity. Who are we? Who are we created? What are we? What am I? I mean, it's even to the point where we don't even know if we're male or female. Okay? So who are we? God created us with a plan and with his with his handiwork, and he created us. So we have an identity in Christ about who we are. We are his. We are created to do good works. Okay? We aren't created to sit around and do nothing to self-indulge, to, to be thinking just about me, to be thinking about my stuff. What do I have? What am I doing? What am I? We, we, we aren't, when we come to Christ, we take this I self and we put it to, we are created to do good works. Created to be a body of Christ to work together. So we're created to do good works. We are God's handiwork. Uh, Ephesians 2.13 reads, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We have been brought near. We were once not a part of Christ. And who were we before? There's tons of scriptures, and I just have a couple things written down here that I found. Before we were Christ, before we were brought near, we were dead in our transgressions. Our transgressions. We were objects of, of wrath. We were followers of the ways of the world. We were God's enemies. We were enslaved to Satan. We were followers of evil thoughts and desires. That's what we were before Christ. 
Okay, in Christ, we are made alive with Christ. We are shown God's mercy and given salvation. We stand for Christ in truth. We are God's children. We are free in Christ to love, serve, and sit with him. We are raised up, and we will be raised up to be in God's glory. So we were apart from Christ, and then we're brought near to Christ. That's Ephesians 2.13. All right, let's go back to some of the Ephesians 1. And Ephesians 1, verse 3. Says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in his heavenly realm and every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we are blessed. That's the next thing. When we become to Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. If you want to do a study, a good thing to study and to look into is what are the spiritual blessings? What are the blessings that come from the Spirit? There are plenty of them, and we are blessed with them all. We can have them. Ephesians 1 4 says we are holy and blameless. Okay, when we come to Christ, we become holy and blameless. Ephesians 1, verse 5 and 6 summed up says we are adopted as God's children. We are adopted into Him. We are part of His family. Ephesians 1 7, our sins are taken away and we are forgiven. How many of you guys know people and can think of people that can't forgive themselves? That just hang on to their guilt, hang on to their frustrations. They just can't let it go. They just can't forgive themselves. Okay, in Christ we can find that forgiveness and only through him. Only through him can we find that forgiveness. Only through him can we be forgiven for the things that we've done. So we find forgiveness in Christ. Ephesians 10 and 11 says we will be brought near under Christ's authority. So we are brought under Christ's authority underneath him. Ephesians 1.13, we are, we are identified as a belonging to God by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we are brought... We are brought and belonging to God because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Now, the Holy Spirit, when we let the Holy Spirit work in us, it leads us, it guides us, it, it brings us different things, and we, we are known by that Holy Spirit. There's something set apart by a Christian, or should be set apart as a believer in Christ that is known differently, and that's the Holy Spirit. And God looks at us differently because his Holy Spirit is upon us. And I was always taught when we stand before God at the end of time, how is God going to know that we're him. So if I asked you, if I asked you, hey, if you die tomorrow, Tara, if you die tomorrow, how do you know you're going to heaven? How do we know we're going to heaven? What, what What's going to get you through those pearly gates? And lots of people you ask, well, I did good things. I did these things. And I, I you know, I, th- I think I lived the best. I served. I was nice to my neighbors. I, you know, I gave money to these things. I did these things. And you, you know, oh, that's all good stuff. That doesn't get you through the pearly gates, right? What gets you through the early gates is Jesus' death, his blood, his Holy Spirit upon you. That's what's going to get you through the gates. It's nothing that we do. It's nothing that I can stand before God and be like, I'm justified, Jesus, to walk, and I've done enough good things that I can get through your gates. No, it's not going to happen. 
I am condemned and bound for hell, if not for the blood of Jesus Christ. So when God looks at me before the pearly gates, he's going to see the blood of Jesus Christ upon me. And that's the only thing that's going to get me through those gates. That's the only thing. So when coming to Christ and finding our identity in Christ, and when I ask you or somebody asks you, who are you? Who are you, Tim? I hope the first thing that comes out of my mouth is I am a follower and I am a part of Jesus Christ. I am not of this world. I'm a son of God. And he is my king. And I hope that's what comes out of my heart because I hope that's where everything stems for. Because if I walk in the kingdom of God, if my kingdom is, if my, my place is in heaven and my place is with God, I can look at everything that's going around in this world at a different perspective. I don't have fear because there's nothing to fear because God has conquered it. I can have peace in my heart because God's peace is reigning through me that no matter what comes and whatever God has for me, I know he can work with me in that. I can have joy in all circumstances. And sometimes I think people look at Christians in a weird sense because we handle situations differently. There's tragedy all around us and there's things going on. And if you look through history and you look through people that have followed Christ and that walk with Christ, who's the first people to go into the sick people? Should be Christians. Who's the people that should be helping the leopards back in the day? It should be Christians that are going there. Who's the people that should be doing these things? It should be Christians that are going forth because we don't have, we don't have the fear of the world upon our hearts. May we, did the people that went help the lepers get leprosy? Some of them probably did. But you know what? God was still with them. God just made a minister there more often because now they're with them all the time because they have leprosy. Right? Okay. If God sends us to jail as Christians, then use that opportunity to share Jesus with those in jail. God brings us to different situations and lays different things, and we can't understand it. But if our heart and our following with Christ is with Christ, no matter what circumstances, no matter what happens to us, no matter where God takes us, when our hope is in Jesus Christ, we can stand there. And we can we can work through that situation, and we can be with it through those trials because our hope is in him. My hope isn't in my wife. I love my wife but my hope is not in her. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And I just challenge all you guys to find your identity in Christ, to find your hope in Christ, to find your peace in Christ, to look to him in your circumstances. Okay, through him, you guys, we can, you can do amazing things. We all have things in our hearts. And we all have things that we need to forgive. Through Christ, you can forgive. You can say, well, they wronged me so bad. They did such bad things. I can't forgive them for what they did. Well, you can because because through Christ you can. It may be hard, but you can't forgive. You can have peace in all circumstances because of Christ. So to close, I'm just gonna just gonna challenge you in that in that. And what is your identity? I would have given you a piece of paper at the beginning. Who are you? Write your name down. Who are you? Write down a couple of things that you are. And see where God takes you and see where God challenges you. And I hope you write down that you are a child of God. That your citizenship is not here, but it's in heaven. And if you're, if you're, if you're not sure, if you're not, that's, 
not your identity yet, if that's not who you identify with yet, come talk to me. Come talk to an elder of this church. Come talk to an, somebody who is walking with God, and they'll point you, and they'll help you get your identity in Christ. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for all you do for us. God, I thank you that we can find our identity in you, that we can find our hope in you, God, that we can place our citizenship in you. Lord, we live in we live in a, in a nation, Lord Jesus, and we live underneath rulers. And so do other people across the whole world. But across the whole world, God, people identify themselves as believers and followers of you, and their citizenship is in you. We have brothers and sisters in Christ across the whole world, Lord Jesus, ones that are walking with you in China, ones that are walking with you in India, ones that are walking with you in Africa, South America, North America, and all over the world, Lord Jesus. There are followers and brothers and sisters in Christ that identify with you, Lord Jesus. We are part of a greater kingdom, God, when we, when we choose to walk in your kingdom. And, Lord, I pray that we just do that. Lord, that we wake up in the morning and we put our identity in you. We are putting our identity in citizenship of your heaven. Lord, that we walk with peace. We walk with hope. We walk with truth. Lord Jesus, and we walk with love. Love that comes from you and your cross. And you sent your son, God, to die on the cross for us. And then he rose from the dead, conquered death. God, and he's sitting at your right hand, preparing a place for us. And Lord, I just pray that we just look to that each day that we put our hope in you. Just thank you and praise you in your name. Amen. Yep. Uh, just a couple, I guess, a couple, couple quick announcements. Uh, we'll be having a family fun night here at the end of the month. The last Sunday, is that the 28th? 28th, just uh, out back here. We'll grill out some hot dogs, so bring some stuff in the bulletin. Also, for those of you that are leaving, there will be a basket on the back for offering. Um, as you go out, you can drop in your offering. Those of you online, you can do online giving on our website. You can go there and set it up. You can do auto pay on there as well if you want to set that up in a monthly thing. Otherwise, we're going to close in a song.